Today, we're starting a three-part series called Delivered to be Healed to be Delivered. Today, we're going to develop out the first delivered and delivered to be healed to be delivered and get a little bit into healing uh, and then really develop out healing next time and then probably hit the second delivered on part three of this podcast series. So just to kind of give you a roadmap of where we're going uh, as we jump into this here today. I've written a book or we've written a book about it. And the concept was the one given to us by the Lord. But I don't know that it can be explained too much because I think the enemy does such a great job of veiling minds as to what's wrong and how to fix it. In fact, the scripture says, for lack of knowledge, my people perish, right? And so we're always preparing for seminars. I'm always working with clients along the lines of being wounded. And the phrase that we really kind of grappled with of even putting it in the book, I remember discussing this with you in great detail, you being my son, Lance, and me being your mom, Dr. Borden or Connie or whatever you want to call me or mom. Dr. Mom. How about Dr. Dr. Mom? Mom. Or when I taught you in the fifth grade, you called me Mrs. Borden. Every once in a while you'd say, mom. Right. (laughs) It was so cute. And, and I said to you in front of the whole class, look, I don't really care if you call me mom. I mean, it was, you, you had carte blanche to whatever came across your mouth on any one particular day, because after all, I was your mom first, right? Right. Today, we want to talk about a phrase that I want the audience to hear that may sound um, problematic, because the word deliverance can bring connotations that people kind of react to. But nonetheless, we had to stay true to it, because this was a phrase really given to us to explain the process of what needs to be done if you've been abused and wounded and you need healing. And the phrase is delivered to be healed to be delivered. And I'm going to explain it uh, quickly and then break it down. The first delivered is about the fact that we can really be deceived or veiled in our mind or not aware or distracted or have a stronghold on what's wrong. Mm-hmm. Not a, not a hard thing to have happen in today's busy society. Correct, right? and I always say uh, I think this is my original phrase. I don't know. At least I don't remember getting it from somebody else. But if you can't fix what you don't recognize, have you ever heard that before? I have, but I've heard it from you, so I don't know if yeah, it's original it's in to the you book. or not. So if it's someone if else's out there phrase, said that, claim it. <laughs> go for it. I would give you <laughs> credit us. if I could. But it's very prevalent in what we do because. I mean, even with recent clients, um, if you are told the truth or a piece of discernment of truth or what someone thinks is truth, if they're speaking into your life and you won't own it or you feel like it's wrong or you're not aware of it, hopefully at least what you would do is say, okay, I'll put that on the back burner and pray about it. Um, The person delivering it could also say, look, I think I see this that's going on in your life, or at least the reactions or the actions or the emotions. But I don't know you. I'm not omniscient like Jesus Christ. But I find in the 21st century that this awareness that we are wounded and may have strongholds is just people just don't understand it, even though Luke 4, 18 and 19, first thing Jesus said, I've come to heal the brokenhearted and set at liberty those that are bound. And I think it's because that's construed as just a salvation scripture, like healing the broken hearts being saved. And um, 
you know, I don't know what people think. And I've come to heal the brokenhearted and set at liberty those that are bound. I don't know that people ever, maybe they think bound to sin. I can see where that interpretation can come in. But what I've realized is, again, with uh, the home, church, and school being very um, broken today, um, and a prophecy that the Lord gave your dad and I, your dad, Bill, and me, Connie, if you were building a house and poured a cracked foundation using poor quality studs in the walls and adding an inferior roof, when the winds and rains and storms came, the house would not stand. Likewise, my children have been raised with cracked foundations and have been built with inferior building materials as a result of their primary caregiver's abuse or anybody that was in their life and rejection so that when the winds, rains, and storms of life come, they are not able to stand and are therefore being destroyed by the enemy. I've called you and your husband to build and rebuild the body of Christ in quality and restore the foundations that have been destroyed by the enemy. So I think that's a great analogy, especially since, you know, your dad has always been in the building business and understood the practical application of that. But I think we don't understand that on the inside, because we think that we are spirit, we live in a body and we have a soul. And we know our spirit's given to the Lord at salvation, and we see our body every day when we look in the mirror. But we haven't defined the soul, which we define as the mind that thinks, imagines, and remembers, the will and the emotions. These are silent, internal things that we see the reactions from them, like anger or addiction or fear or anxiety, maybe because we've been wounded. But we literally can't put our finger on it or touch it, you know, and so... That first delivered is just being aware and, you know, my book, Save But Not Free, and the seminars and all that we do go into great detail about how you got wounded or why you might be veiled because of wrong teaching, like on legalism, or you were raised in the Catholic Church, or um, you had somebody that rejected you, or you just don't even know that even though David said, why are you wounded, oh, my soul? And we prosper and we're in health as our soul prospers, Third John 2, or First Thessalonians 5.23 says, May your spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless to the coming of the Lord. I think the outworking of not having firm foundations is just manifesting in the world and even in the body of Christ. Well, and many people were taught to just sweep things under the rug. That's and right. that's soft stuff, and yeah. you need to be stronger than that than yeah. to have what somebody called you in fifth grade affect you. But right. it the truth is it affects you. Or we think it's the past. Um, I get so many people in that, well, you know, that was the past and I grew up and I got married and uh, now I'm controlling my life or maybe Jesus is if you're a Christian, hopefully, but I don't have to be subjected to what might be abuse in the past. But what happens is, as you just said, we have a limbic system. We have trauma is recorded. Emotion is recorded. Um, things develop out of being wounded and rejected. We define rejection as not getting the love you need in the way you needed it, from whom you needed it, at the time you needed it. That can be everything, like you said, uh, in a grade school encounter, to heinous sexual, physical, or verbal abuse. And to be clear, we're not saying to live in it or stay in it. Right. We're saying deal with it so that you can move on with your life. Right. right? And if you As see, opposed to letting it hamstring you for the rest of your life or if you're trapped if you you know i'm going to talk about the second deliverance in a minute but if you see chronic sinful behavior anxiety fear anger resentment um 
control, uh, insecurity, turmoil in your stomach all the time, uh, reactionary, you can't respond. I mean, life is a series of events, circumstances, and people that you have to respond to. And we define response as having the emotion that the situation calls for and you can deal with it versus a reaction that you have more emotion than the situation calls for and you're not able to cope with it. And so I always say to people, and I've maybe said on a uh, former podcast, that if you have a pain that doesn't go away, we're really adept at not leaving it. We go to the doctor and we say, hey, this pain is not going away. It could indicate major disease or a problem. Do a scan, help me diagnose this, give me medicine, pray, get healing. But we're really good at letting those reactions and those things that are not consistent with walking in the spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, and faith, go. Because we can't see it. And yet we deal with it. And it robs our joy and our righteousness and our peace. And, and my contention is, if that is existent in your life as a Christian, it's indicative that you have something from the past that you need to be aware delivered that it's there by the what's going on and you need to be like what you said willing to take responsibility hey let me get with somebody or let me read a book or let me not just keep stuffing it and call it normal christianity because it's not consistent with the word right right right. okay so that's the first delivered i think it's very significant because again we can't fix what we don't recognize so Mainly what I want to say to our listening audience, if you are reacting all the time and you're wounding other people, uh, maybe you're wounded. Not maybe, you probably are. Okay, then deliver to be healed. Okay, first we know there's a problem. What we're saying is that the soul or the, the mind, the things, imagines, remembers, the will and the emotions can affect your heart. You can feel like your heart is broken. You can feel like you are just wounded. You know, everybody knows what it feels like to be wounded. You hurt. You hurt. And so if you hurt, Isaiah 61, 1 through 4, which is our theme verses, which was a prophecy over Jesus fulfilled in Luke 4, 18 and 19. Sometimes we don't know. I don't know why. I think, of course, from my chair, it's, it's replete through the word that healing can take place, okay? But not for everyone, And so, again, this invisible part of our triune being, we are spirit, we live in a body, and we have a soul, tends to be ignored. And we may not know what to do if we've been uh, hurt and wounded from the past or even the present. And what I've found over and over in this ministry and in my practice is that that weakens a Christian. And the best analogy I can give is if you have a wound, a physical wound, and you don't disinfect and stitch it up, it will get worse, and it will get infected, and it'll get gangrene, and you could either cut that part of your body or do surgery there, or you will die. Right. And unfortunately, one more time, we let these inner things that we can't see go. And what I say on my website is it usually comes out in relationships, and particularly if you grow up and you carry these things into marriage, you will react or respond. Uh, usually react rather than respond, but you might respond. But it'll be because, you know, uh, 
Jesus said, I know how I'll sanctify those people down there. I'll have Christians. I'll have them get married and have children. <laughs> so when you live up a close and personal with somebody, you can't run, you can't hide. You believe in a covenant of marriage. There's no such thing as a marriage that doesn't have conflict. Hopefully it's constructive conflict and you know how to back out of it. But sometimes we all get uh, potentially triggered. That doesn't necessarily mean you're wounded, but it could if it's chronic. And since the divorce rate is so high, whether it's in um, the world or the church today, I think that people are triggering each other. I think they're putting, um, again, if you had a wound and you just left it go, it would probably heal by itself if you disinfected it and stitched it up. But if you put a knife in it, you're going to really react. And rejection with somebody in a marriage can be just like it was when you were a kid. They don't give you the love you need and the way you need it from whom you need it at the time they need you need it. And they may not know it. You know, there's all kinds of things we could talk about in marriage and relationship and the difference between men and women. But if you feel like you're being treated like the past, I even am going to talk about on this next seminar, the rage of self-pity. I think we're dealing with this rampantly in this society where people are hurt and wounded and they stuff the anger and they stuff the anger and they stuff the anger and they feel sorry for themselves. And then one day somebody triggers them and they take a gun out and shoot 25 people or road rage. And, you know, I listen to these newscasters trying to explain this. Well, you know, I don't know what caused that to happen. We can't figure anything out. And I'm sitting there going, let me know his past. Just give me a history of his timeline, his right. wounds. Who didn't love him? Who didn't show him security and unconditional love? And who and what, besides the devil, made them or him or her decide one day that they were going to make someone pay? Right. And, and they don't was, care. And it wasn't an overnight thing either. No, it's, it had been simmering. That's why it's the rage of self-pity. because usually, And oftentimes these people are not anger-prone people. They're pretty nice. They start out pretty nice, but you can't, this kind of rejection and hurt has to go somewhere. It either goes in or goes out. And that's why 3 John 2 says we prosper and we're in health as our soul prospers. I think a lot of disease is exactly what the word means, not dis-ease, not being at ease. And sometimes we're not at ease because we've got turmoil on the inside of us because we're being treated or we feel like we did in the past. And so at seminars, um, if you need this or listening to these podcasts or seeking care or reading a book, this is a fact that if you've been wounded badly, you need to be healed. And I would say, too, that I think we're often set up for the wounding to be triggered. Yes. Right? So usually I think that people can relate to this you find that you keep running into the same situation right. over and over, the same dysfunction or the same outcomes over and over. You know, like you're chronically fired from a job. You can't hold a job. Right. You're always getting angry at someone. Right. Uh, you're always feeling rejected by the opposite sex. Mm -hmm. It's because the enemy sets up yeah. a rejection that starts the downward spiral or starts the chain reaction or however you want to say that. And then he'll set up scenarios all along the way or... You know, maybe the fact that you're wounded is causing whatever relationship or situation you're in to be triggered at some point because it's left undealt with from right. the past. Right, and, and the devil, he wants that to be set up to destroy you. The Lord wants it to be a realization 
that you have something wrong on the inside. You need healing on the inside. And so that's why he said, I came to heal the brokenhearted and set at liberty those that are bound. I'll give a perfect example of this. When I was uh, early married, we had a couple friends that she felt like her job was to be the Holy Spirit in my life. And she had a very critical spirit. And um, she was always dogging me about how I was coming across to people or what I was doing wrong and all this kind of stuff. Well, I realized after the fact that my marriage was really good compared to her marriage. And she was very, really unhappy with herself because she was always overweight. And she had issues with that. And um, I was fairly attractive and, you know, looked pretty good back then. Um, But what I realized when I really got really down about it, because I couldn't cope with it, was that she was reminding me of the critical spirit and the criticism that I'd gotten and the rejection from my dad. Interesting that it was a much more sinister thing, not authored by her, but by the enemy working through her. Right. the enemy knew your past. Yes. But she didn't. Well, that's right. And I think what the enemy is hoping is that nobody will understand the information that we and other people are trying to uh, put out there in in the world and in the church that um, all things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. What the enemy meant for evil, God will turn for good if you will notice the symptoms and the anger, and there you're not coping, and you're not doing well. When you're saved, and you have the Spirit of the Lord God in you, I mean, at this time, we were graduates of ORU. I mean, you know, I was teaching. Um, it's just amazing to me. And of course, you know, this is my whole history as a child, because my own parents were Bible school graduates and pastors. And I was just rehearsing some of this as we're unloading some boxes at my house in my office about how they could be so effective in the kingdom of God and many people got saved through the anointing in their lives. And yet, behind closed doors, there was all kinds of anger and rejection and addiction and sin. And, you know, I'm not trying to out them. I'm just trying to say that we do have a soul and a heart. Out of the heart comes the issues of life. And if we don't, if we're wounded and we develop coping mechanisms to make ourselves feel better that become addictions, uh, we don't have to look very far in the 21st century to know that trusted leaders that we looked up to, it isn't that they didn't have a call from the Lord. It isn't that they weren't effective. It's that they had soul wounds that they either didn't know how to affect or why they were there because they needed to be delivered. And then they needed to be healed because I usually, like I did a study when I was doing my dissertation of all the people down through history, religious people that have fallen from grace. And without exception, there was some kind of major issue in their childhood that they didn't deal with or didn't know how to deal with. The enemy loves this, to have your best attributes go forward and put you in a position of leadership and having people looking to you. Not that people should exalt us, they should exalt Jesus, but you know, if you're in leadership, you should have certain few things going in your life, like, you know, most of the time. But then that person falls and then they're so disappointed. Now that's a good lesson because the arm of flesh will fail you and Jesus never will. And so maybe your hope and trust was a little bit too much in that person. But nonetheless, you know, this happens all the time. And I just want to exhort our listening audience 
Don't let your woundedness or your hurts or your reactions go. Don't keep giving in to them when you can get away with it with somebody and not address it with somebody that can help you. So again, this is part one of a three-part series on Delivered to be Healed to be Delivered. And next time we will further develop the healing part to this series, including going through the steps to healing, um, and then finish with part three, which will be on the second delivered. So again, just to remind you of where we're at and where we're going. And just let me say, um, it would probably be good to listen to the explanation a couple times and maybe get my book, Say But Not Free, or listen to former podcast, or try to get the whole picture. Um, people tell me they listen to it two or three times, and then it kind of penetrates. What we don't realize is like we, we're not getting it for lack of understanding. Right. You know, so. It's a very pithy topic and one that we want to address completely. So uh, join us again. This has been Lance Borden and Dr. Connie Borden on the Totally Transformed podcast. We will talk to you next time. Amen. Amen.